Father, Lord Jesus, pour your spirit out upon this place tonight, Lord. Lord God, that's the very desire of our heart, Lord God, is to have you sweep across this place tonight, Lord God, with a special anointing, with a special power, Lord God, to face the days, Lord God, ahead. Lord, to face the adversaries that we have, Lord God, in our future, for we know, Lord God, as we near the end time, Lord God, the battle will rage, Lord God. And Satan will fight, Lord God, but I know, Lord Jesus, for I've been anointed. I know that we will be victorious, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we stand tonight in victory over every devil of hell. We stand tonight in victory over every lying spirit, every filthy spirit that would come and try to bring fear and doubt and unbelief into our hearts. Satan, we tell you tonight that you are a defeated enemy. May I remind you tonight that you do not even have the keys to your own home. You have no right to touch any son or daughter of the living God. And you've showed up at the wrong place tonight, Satan, because we are believers who believe the word of God. We have been anointed for such a time as this and we stand here on the word of God to cast you out tonight Satan we will be victorious for we are sons and daughters of the king and we have arrived in our moment in our time that we have been called for we will not back down we will not give an inch Lord God I'm asking tonight Lord Jesus Lord for a special touch for our sister Bethany Lord God Lord God, just a complete healing, a complete work of deliverance, Lord God, for you are a mighty God. It's your enemy that's touched her tonight and tried to bring her down. But Lord God, his touch is no comparison to a touch from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, I'm asking that you touch her now, Lord Jesus. Lord, have your way in this service, Lord. Anoint us, I pray. Lord God, let me get myself out the way that you can speak tonight, Father. Lord God, I have no words to help a single person here, but you alone have the words of life. Lord God, speak, I pray now, Lord Jesus. Lord, just help me, Father, to get myself out of the way. Lord, that it can be you, Lord Jesus. May I not hinder you. Lord, take control of this body now, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to be in the house of God. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. We're going to read from there, and then we'll turn over to 2 Timothy. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. If you'll look over with me in 2 Timothy 4, we'll read verse 7 and 8. He says here, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. May the Lord bless the reading of the word. You can be seated. I'm also going to look over in... um, in John four thirty four, and you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read. It says, And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Finish there means to bring the end goal, or actually 
to make perfect. To make perfect his work. Also Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power. Now what brings us that power? What brings us that, that ability? Is, is the anointing that God gives us for the age that we live in. Or the anointing for the enemy that we're facing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke off of life. So that power there is the anointing. He says, behold, I give unto you power or my anointing to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want to speak to you tonight for just a moment on anointed to finish. We are anointed to finish. Paul teaches us here and he's speaking and what he's trying to get across to us is, is that we're in a race or a battle and, and, and the scripture would type it as a race and what he's trying to get you to understand is not everybody gets the reward. Not everybody is going to get the prize. You see, the Christian walk isn't like our society today where everybody gets a trophy. It's not that to where it doesn't matter how horrible you are. It doesn't matter if you never played. It doesn't matter if you lost every game. We're still going to give you a trophy. You see, that's not how the Christian life is. But however, that thought has bled over into the realms of religion to where it doesn't matter if you're defeated. It doesn't matter if you live in sin. It doesn't matter if you never overcome. The day you pass away, somebody's going to stand up there and preach you into heaven and give you a reward. And say, he's passed over to his reward. Heaven gained another angel today and all these things. And and we know that's not the truth because he says not everybody's going to receive a reward. You have to run to receive the reward. And he says, I have finished. Now, what what he's saying there, he's not saying that I fell down 10 yards short and I crawled and I pushed and I barely finished. That's not what he's saying. He finished his race. He was still going strong at the end of his race. What he was called to do and what he was anointed to do, he finished it. And tonight you're called and you're anointed to finish. Not everybody who starts off is going to get a reward. Not everybody's going to get a prize, but you're anointed to get the reward. He says, look, Paul wouldn't be very popular today because he says you have to win, not just play. There's no participation trophies, but we're here to win. We're not here because, well, it's just fun for everybody to get together and and, and it's, it's fun to play the game. No, it's not. Losing's not fun. It never has been fun. I'm not here to lose. I'm not here to play games with the devil. We're in a war. And listen, when two sides have a war, the losing side does not get a participation trophy. That's not how it works. To the victor goes the spools. The only people getting a reward are the people who come out victorious. The people who cut off the head of the enemy. The people are here that mean business. They're not here playing games. They're not looking for a handout of participation. They're not up one day, running one day, sitting on the couch the next, but they're running every single day they're running and the reason they run is not only have they been anointed to but they also have the understanding that it's not all about you but it's about there's also other people counting on you in this race it's a relay and there's other people that have gone on before you that have made it possible for you to run they've given you the opportunity to run and we don't have time and we shouldn't have it in us to go sit down and take a break we don't have time to take a break we've been anointed to finish the job Amen. Listen, to the victors go to spool, and tonight you're fighting in the greatest war that has ever been fought. And not only that, you have been entrusted with the most difficult part. It's the closing. The last mile, as it were. The last stand. The finish. See, if you're not completely sold out to finish, 
if you haven't completely given everything to Christ, if you haven't been completely filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, somewhere along the lines, you will quit. Or you won't have the perseverance to run the way you're supposed to and you'll eventually be overtaken. Because make no mistake about it, you're not the only ones running. There are people, there are anointings, there are spirits who are on the same track you're on. And as of this moment, because of, uh, of the, the Holy Spirit and the power that's been given you, you're in the lead. You're out front. They're behind you. But you must persevere. You must keep running. Because if you're not completely sold out and you slow down for just a minute and go, I, I just need a break. I'm okay. I'm just resting for a minute. It'll be more than a minute. It'll be eternity. Because they'll overtake you. You can't rest for a moment. But you must press on to the finish. Rest assured tonight... That he's not counting on you to do it by yourself. But he has provided each and everything that you have need of. He's provided the anointing you need to endure to the end. God knows all about us. And he understands that Aaron, as a human being, is a failure. He understands that you, as human beings, we would all be failures. And so what he did was he placed us in this very last age, the worst age ever. And he didn't go, listen, I know you're, you know... You don't have it all together, but I'm going to throw you here in Laodicea, and I'm giving you all this responsibility. Good luck. Good luck. That's not how our God treats us. What he does is he's not caught off guard by how evil the age is or how difficult the race is, and so he leaves you with a special anointing specifically for this day. He's anointed you for this moment. A last-day people, under a last-day message, anointed to run the last leg of the race, anointed to finish the very last part of the battle. This is what we've been called to do. And we find that that word finish or finished or to finish has many different meanings. And actually, as I began to study this and I found all the different Greek words, it kind of overwhelmed me. Because at first I was just going to preach on anointing to finish. Then I started going, well, which finish? I mean, they use so many different words and it can mean this and it can mean that. And, and as I began to focus down on it, the Lord gave me direction on which way to approach this. But I want to show you some different meanings of the word finish. It can mean I am finished can mean I just can't go on. I'm finished. I'm finished. I can't, I can't take another step. I'm finished. Or it can mean completed, whether good or bad. Yeah, yeah, I finished it. It's done. Words, I may not have done a good job, but it's completed. That's not what we're going for tonight. It can mean done for. I'm so finished. I'm doomed. I'm consumed. This is not applicable to the bride of Christ tonight. It can mean to accomplish or fulfill, which in many aspects, that does apply to us. It can mean to bring to a close, to complete or perfect. And we'll deal with some of these meanings maybe next time. But anointing, another meaning for the term finish means to close out strong. That person knows how to finish. They know how to close out just as strong or stronger than how they started. In the world of sports, you'll find that certain people or certain teams are known as finishers. They're, they're those people that in closing moments of races or the, or the closing innings of a game or the closing quarter, when other people start to feel the pressure and they start to shrink away from the moment and maybe they tense up and they begin to move backwards a little bit, there are certain people who step into the limelight. 
They step into the moment when all else, when the others can't go on, when others can't take another step. When the moment is too big for other people, there's certain people who have something about them, a different makeup, the way they're made, that can step into that moment and they shine the brightest. In that moment, something about who they are, they, they shine the brightest, they know how to finish. And I don't believe that we've been called in place here in Laodicea if God didn't have the confidence in you to step into the moment. If he didn't have confidence in you that in this last day when the light's getting dim and, and the, there's darkness all around us, that he didn't have confidence in me to press through the darkness and press towards the light, the great shining light that others can't go to. But you've been called for this moment. You've been called to be a closer. We might would use the word clutch. When the pressure's at its greatest, that's when you're at your best because of who you are and what you've been called to. Listen, he has given you the strength. He's given you the grace and the fortitude that you need to finish, not just cross the finish line. Listen, this bride's not just going to barely make it in. We're going to come sprinting across the finish line with everything we got. Just be better than what we started. We're going to come in running with strength, with overcoming power, with every single devil underneath our feet. We are going to finish because that's what we're called to do. We're going to finish strong because he called us. He chose us and he's anointed you to do so. So what I'm telling you is right now, you're the closer. You're the finisher. It's who you are. It's the position you're in, whether you're ready for it or not. It's where we are. And, and forgive me for the analogies, but as it were, we're in the ninth inning. We're at the very end. There's not more to play. There's not another quarter. There's not another lap. We're here. We're here for it. And you're thinking, I'm not ready for it. That's okay. Because he's left you a special anointing for the moment. The closing or the finish is always the most difficult. The teams that have the ability to finish understand that you don't win a game in the first quarter the athletes that understand that things get more difficult as the uh, the deeper you get into the game they understand that the stakes get higher pressure becomes greater and every single mistake is magnified you know in a baseball game if somebody messes up during the first inning and a run scores nobody remembers it but be the guy who messes up in the very last at bat on the last pitch that lets the winning run score. There's a greater pressure. Everybody's focused in on that moment. Everybody's looking to see how are they going to do it. How are they going to close this out? There's a greater pressure. And to me, that sounds exactly like the age that we're living in. There has never been an age where there's been so much pressure. We know that Brother Branham spoke on it often. And he called this a neurotic age. He would say, it's just simply a neurotic age that we're living in. It's the, it's the time that we're living in. Pressure. We are living in a neurotic age, nervous tension. Everybody's racing here and going there and going nowhere. It's just that kind of age. And I know this church would be plagued with it, as everywhere is plagued with it. The tabernacle's plagued with it. Everywhere, the whole world. It's a day of pressure. And it's because it's the end. It's because it's the closing moment. And as the end nears, there's always more pressure. Second Timothy 3 and 1 will say, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And perilous here means dangerous or hard to bear. The day that we're living in, the pressure that we're dealing with is hard to bear. Oh, church, what if I didn't have Jesus? Think about it for just a minute. I don't even want to think about it. I'm thankful I have Jesus. Because without Jesus, it wouldn't be hard to bear. It would be impossible to bear. There would be no reason to go on. There's no hope. 
There's no hope for tomorrow. There's no peace of mind. There's no hope for your children to have a good life. Oh, but in Jesus, there's more than hope. In Jesus, there's a promise. In Jesus, there's eternity. In Jesus, there's victory. That's where we're at tonight. And because of that, even though it's hard to bear, we're able to close it out. Even though it's hard to bear, we're able to go forward because he's anointed you to do so. Amen. Listen. It says perilous times. He said men's heart are failing for fear, perplexed of time, distressed between the nations. The earth's getting so nervous till it's bursting forth. Earthquakes everywhere. Jesus said it would be that way. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. What's the matter? The earth knows she's doomed. Finished. The earth knows she's doomed. She's nervous. The world's nervous. Oh, but thankfully the quote doesn't end right there. He says, but the church is rising in the gospel tucked away with security he that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out listen the world may be falling apart but i'm hid in a secret place the world may be falling apart but he says it's okay the church is rising you've been seen ascending in a rapture when everyone else went down you went up how did you go up what drew you up what gave you the power to go up but the anointing of the word for the hour poured out upon your life you've been anointed for the finish when everyone else is crumbling they can't stand the pressure they can't handle the moment you can you can you say but sometimes i feel like i'm falling apart quit worrying about your feelings look to the word that anoints you that's what anoints you is the word for your hour it tells you who you are look to the word there's your anointing there's your strength the word is who you are yeah. amen listen all you have to do is look around and it's obvious we're at the end It's obvious because pressure is greater than ever before. It's obvious that the battle's getting harder and harder. And never has there been so much pressure on people of faith. Regardless of denomination, affiliation, or whether Baptist, Methodist, message, there's pressure on them as well. The pressure from the government and the pressure from society and, and, and the, the left wing of everything's okay, nothing's wrong, anything you say about somebody's hate speech and and there's pressure on everyone. And it's because Satan is so anointed, and that's something we have to realize, is Satan also anoints. Satan has so anointed the mind of man with evil that anything that has any type of values that could possibly be traced back to this word offends them. In all reality, what it is is your life condemns them. It's not that they're offended as much as they're condemned because they see a life lived before them. They see something that they can't do because they're not anointed for the end. Well, I shouldn't say that they are anointed for the end. They're anointed to finish, but it's not the same finish you're going to have. You have a different finish. You have a different end because you're walking under a different anointing and it condemns them. And so they hate it. So even though there's pressure on the denominal world and pressure on all them, at the end of the day, what it all boils down to is the attempt of Satan to destroy the bride of Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you, he's very upset and he's very angry. And I'll tell you why. For thousands of years, thousands of years, he's passed laws. He's persecuted. He's tried to stomp them out. But let me tell you something, Satan, we're still here. It doesn't matter what he's done. It doesn't matter what buttons he pushed. I don't care what he does tomorrow. I'm going to look you in the eyes and say, devil, I'm still here. I'll be here Thursday. I'll be here Friday. I'll be here Saturday. But one day I'll be gone. Hallelujah. He can't stomp us out. He can't run us out because we're anointed for the moment. We're anointed for the finish. Hallelujah. Prophet says, because the man or woman, listen, why does he hate the bride? 
It's the only place left where revelation flows. It's the only place left where revelation exposes the works of the devil. Right? Revelation is where we must. The prophet said to always pray for more revelation. Seek revelation. And Brother Branham says, because the man or woman that's ever been in that back desert alone, like Moses was, and the revelation of God be made manifest to him through the Holy Ghost, there's nothing can shake him. He's just as sound and solid as he can be. Satan hates revelation. He don't like it at all. It upsets his plans. It upsets his plans, don't it, Sister Alana? When we change the devil's plans, when we get a revelation of what God's done for us, it doesn't really matter what the plans of the devil are. He hates revelation because it upsets his plans. He hates that he's battled. He hates that every effort he's ever done has done nothing but push us closer to God. Everything he does. That's why the Bible can say all things work together for good. Because it doesn't matter how evil it may seem in your flesh, how hard it may seem. All it does is make you draw closer to the Lord. So at the end of the day, everything he throws on you is pushing you towards the end goal. It's pushing you towards the finish. It's pushing you towards your rapture. He knows he's running short on time. And so he turns up the pressure. And under that pressure, it takes a certain type. Someone made for the moment. Somebody anointed. To operate without hesitation. To operate without doubt. To operate without fear. When they feel an unction of the Holy Ghost, they move under that. They don't sit back for a minute and go, well, I don't know. What, what if I do that and it's not exactly the right thing to do? And I, You know what it is. I'll speak for myself. I know what it is to feel an unction of the Holy Spirit and not move. And the moment passes you by. There's no getting that moment back. There's no getting that moment back. The unction, if you look it up, it actually means the anointing. Okay? How many of you have ever had an unction? You just knew the Lord moved upon you to do something or say something. You were anointed in that moment. Now, just because we're anointed doesn't mean we'll always do what we're supposed to do. All right, there's still a part for you to play. When you feel that anointing, when you feel that unction, you must move underneath it, operate without fear. The Lord said, he's ne- he said, my people will never be ashamed. What that means is if he tells you to do something and you do it, he's not going to leave you standing stand there holding the bag, as it were, uh, um, um, as a failure. Well, Lord, I did this and then you didn't show up. No, if he moves on you to do it, he's always going to show up. If he moves on you to do it, you just do it and trust the Lord and he'll make the way. So we're looking for people who are under this pressure, who are able to move under the unction of the Holy Spirit, who are, who are anointed, who, are, who can operate without hesitation. And I'll go back to this one more time, just, just to drive the point home. I was talking about baseball, and baseball teams have something called a closer. And they come in at the very end of the game, in the worst of situations. Your team's ahead by one run. There's, there's, the bases are loaded. There's one out. There's one guy they call on. They call on the closer because he has the right stuff. He has the right mental makeup. He, has, he walks into that moment and there's no fear of failure. He's not worried about it. He knows this is my job. This is what I do. Other people on the team may have better physical gifts. They may be able to throw the ball harder. They may be able to throw it and just make everybody go, ooh. But this person ain't worried about all that. He's a closer. He walks into these moments and the situation does not bother him. They have a fearlessness that it takes to finish when the pressure is the greatest. And you say, well, Brother Aaron, that's, that's not me. I'm, I'm not a closer. I, I'm not a finisher because I get nervous and I get, and I get shook up. And I'm not ready 
to take that pressure. But see, you're more ready than what you realize. Every message you've ever heard has prepared you for that moment. Every song you've ever sung and lifted your hands up to God has prepared you for that moment. Every moment spent in prayer with you and the Lord Jesus is preparing you for that moment. It's not necessarily preparing you for those days where everything are perfectly easy. It's not necessarily preparing you for that thing where everything goes perfectly smooth. But those moments when things are so hard, you don't know how you're going to do it. It's okay. You've been in training. It's okay. You've been receiving instructions on exactly what to do when the moment arrives that you don't know what to do. You're more prepared than what you realize. And what the devil don't want you to realize is not only are you prepared for it, you're predestinated for it. You were predestinated before the foundation of the world to live in this time. You go, it's a horrible time. Brother Brown said, if, I, if the Lord would have gave me the chance to pick whenever I could have lived, I would have chose this time. He said, it's a great time. It's a wonderful time because it's the wrapping up of all things. It's the end of time. It's the end of Satan's kingdom. It's the beginning of eternity of God. And you have an opportunity to usher that in by finishing the job. It's a wonderful time to be alive, and you are made for the moment. You are cut out for it, and you can handle the pressure. Listen, David didn't know he was a lion killer until he was faced with a lion. David didn't know he was a bear killer until he was faced with a bear. And he definitely didn't know that he was a giant killer until he had to face the giant. But in the moment, when faced with it, with it, he stepped into the moment, there was always a special anointing waiting there for him, already prepared, already there. You say, no, the anointing came down. No, the anointing was there. David stepped into the anointing. It was there in the moment. He could have turned and walked away. He stepped into that anointing, and in that moment, he did more than what he ever could have thought. It's time for you tonight to recognize, I'm in this moment. I don't know how to deal with this devil, but I'm going to step into the anointing that's been prepared for me by the Word of God. I'm going to step into that anointing. I'm going to let him take over because just as brother Joe said, you don't know what your faith is capable of until it's tested. Don't look at the test as something horrible. The test is what shows you how strong you are. The closing moment shows you how brave you are, how tough you are, how, how anointed you are to handle every situation. You don't know what you're capable of until you have no choice but to step into the role. And the role for you tonight is closer. And Father, today we stand here by your grace. And it's not because that it's, that it's a special people, but it's because just like the day of the lion or the ox or the man, it's the eagle time. It's the anointing of the hour. It's the time that we're living in. It's the working of the Holy Spirit for this particular time to prove that Jesus is not dead. The things that he said he would do just before the evening lights went out. Listen, it's the anointing of the hour. You're not operating under an anointing of days gone past. You're not operating under the anointing of somebody who's just starting out the race. The anointing of the hour is upon you to finish. You say, well, I don't always feel anointed. Listen, when David faced Goliath, there wasn't a bunch of anointing oil dripping off his locks onto his shoulder. Okay? He, he couldn't still feel the anointing. You're not always going to feel the anointing. But listen, it wasn't just oil that anointed David. It was the word that anointed David. The word says you're going to be king. 
So just because you don't feel anointed tonight, I'm asking you, what did the word say about you? The word said you would be without spot or wrinkle. The word said that you would overcome. The word said that somebody would rule and reign. That's what it said about you. Now, are you going to believe as David did that this word has anointed me or will you be more like Saul? Because listen, Saul was anointed by the same prophet. You say, no, well, Saul was chosen by man. No, that's not true. Man said, we want a king, and God told Samuel, they've not rejected you, they've rejected me. But God chose Saul to be the king, and he was anointed by the same prophet that David was. What I'm telling you is in that moment where there was an opportunity to step into that anointing and fight Goliath, Saul wouldn't do it. Do you realize that if Saul had walked out there and took the promise and the anointing that he was under, he would have defeated the Goliath just as quickly, just as powerfully as David would have? As a matter of fact, any single man in the army of Israel who would have stepped forth would have killed Goliath because they were under the covenant. They were sons of Abraham. They were called and anointed to kill Philistines. It's what they did. But they refused to step into the anointing. And Saul refused to operate under the anointing that had made him king. And David had faith in his anointing. He knew that no devil, no giant, no bear could stop the fact that the word of God said, you're going to be king. So what about you tonight? You've been anointed by a prophet messenger. You've been, you've been told that, that you can make it, that you're going to finish, that you're running the last leg, that you're going to overcome. That is though you never did it in the first place. Now, are you going to listen to the giant saying you can't make it, you can't do it, you're unworthy, you're unholy, you're going to fall tomorrow? Are you going to listen to the word that says, today I come to you in the name of the Lord and I'm going to take your head off? That's what I choose to hear today. I choose to make him shut up and listen to me speak. He's not anointed. I am. I'm anointed, so therefore I speak, and every devil must shut up and hear the word of the Lord. I'm speaking tonight. I'm going to finish you. David told him, he said, today I'm going to take your head off. Like, he didn't say I'm going to throw a sling and knock you down. That was great. Everybody loved it. But he finished the job. He went and he drew the sword and he cut the, heads, the, 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 the head of the giant off. And the reason he had no choice but to do that is under anointing he had spoke it. Today, I will take your head off. He had no choice but to bring it to pass. The word says you're going to rapture. The word says that you can't be, that you won't be held here. And there's no choice but for us to bring it to pass. You are going to overcome. The word already spoke it. Hallelujah. You gotta trust that you've been given a word that will defeat Satan anywhere, any place, at any time. Look around. There's not another age to come. There's nobody for you to hand the baton to. There's nobody standing there going, Come on, I'll take it from here. No, it's you. It's you. There's nothing but you, some territory to cover. And a finish line. Now, I can't tell you what's going to be in between here and that finish line. But I can tell you that he's already provided the anointing you need to overcome it. I can tell you that he's already predestinated the fact that you will finish. He doesn't anoint you for no reason. He doesn't waste his anointing. His anointings are for a purpose. And if you're willing to step into that anointing and run tonight, that purpose will always be fulfilled. You're the closers. You've been called an anointing to, anointed to finish out the very plan of God. From before time began, back in the mind of God, he looked down through the ages, all these eons and eons of what we would call time, and he saw the plan. 
He saw what would happen here and happen there and what would happen in the garden and down through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and Noah and all these great names and then the first church age and Paul. Then we have Irenaeus and Columba and all the different ones. Now, Martin Luther, Wesley, and he goes, those are great people, but I need a closer. Those, those, those people are wonderful, and they're going to run their race well. But I need somebody to close. Of all the great people, of all the... Who can, you. Of all the great people that have ever lived, I, I choose you. I choose you. They're going to be one of my closers, and you're going to be one of my closers, and you're going to be one of my closers. And when all hell's against them, who, 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 can, I, who can I trust to, to count on to cut? I choose Brother James. I can, I can trust him. I choose this one. I choose, I choose Brother Stephen. I choose Brother Daryl. Wait, Lord, of all the people, he chose you. He called you. He placed you here. You could have been born on the first leg of the race. And let me tell you what, we don't say that to look down on the first leg of the race because the baton can't get to me if it don't make it through there. It's a very important role, but it's not this role. It's a very important role. It's a very important moment, but it's not this moment. Anointed. The anointing is a, is a subject that I believe could be preached on and ministered on over and over and over again from many different angles on levels that I can't touch. And, and I know my definition here is going to be very narrow, but I still believe it to be the truth. The anointing is the power and leadership of the Holy Spirit given for a specific purpose. The power and leadership of the Holy Spirit given for a specific purpose. Now, that being said, there's, there are many different anointings. Right, now, granted, I'm, I'm speaking of anointings that come from the Holy Spirit. From one source come the anointings that help us. But there are many different types of anointings because we have many different enemies to face, many different tasks to fulfill. And God's not just some in general God and goes, here's some anointing. No, he gives a specific anointing for a specific moment for a specific people. Okay, because he's a specialist. Right, he deals in the exact moment that you're living in. So there's anointings to preach, anointings to pray for the sick, anointings to cast out devils, anointing to prophesy, all kind of different anointings. These are just a few anointings to sing. And Brother Branham many times would spoke about different anointings. And just for examples, you know what I'm saying? He says, I've been, I've been preaching, and well, usually the manager does the preaching. And then I just come in under the anointing, and I can stand longer, quicker, faster. But this is a different anointing. One is preaching the word, and the other is working through a gift. Same spirit, but two different manifestations. Now, if the Lord willing, Wednesday night, I'm going to try to come to the pulpit without speaking. Just come. Let Brother Vale or, or someone speak so we can just... i like for you to see the difference in the, in the meeting, see? Preaching is one anointing. This is a prophetic gift. Something altogether different. Same spirit, different anointing. So, so we see and we understand that there's different anointings for each age. Um, uh, there are anointings that go with ages, the lion, the ox, the man, the eagle. We all know where these anointings come from, come from the Holy Spirit, but they're specific for the age that you must run in. You see, God, like I said, he's not just some kind of general doctor, but he's a specialist, and he prepares exactly what's needed not only for each age, not only for each person, but for each day, for each moment, for each enemy. I don't necessarily need the exact same anointing on me in every single moment that I face. I thought Brother John was wonderful where he talked about there's moments where you pull the sword and, and, and cut somebody's head off. 
And then there's time where you deal with well, a spirit's head off, not somebody's head off. Y'all forgive me. <laughs> let's, let's try not to do that. Um, <laughs> he said, but then there's times where you deal in gentleness. So we understand that for every situation that we deal with, there, there can be a different anointing. And so what I want you to get is there's no reason to fear. Because it doesn't matter what, what, what enemy comes against you. God has already sent you exactly what you need to overcome that enemy. Yes, it's a time of stress. Yes, it's a time of great pressure. And that's why we're under the anointing of an eagle. And he speaks about this. He says eagles can fly in places that other birds can't. Eagles can rise above the storms when other birds can't. Eagles can see things that other birds can't. Oh, the, the, the church, you know, today, the eagles have left the church. The church that we see in the book of Revelation. Because the Bible says that that has become a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. The eagles aren't there because the eagles are now flying high under a completely different anointing. You've been given ISAP to see. He said eagles can go places other birds can't go. Eagles can see things that other birds can't see. And you've been given that anointing that you can see exactly where we're at. He says, and his little eaglets, that's those who are born of him. And I made a little rude illustration many times on that, how that... How the eagle gets her little ones ready to fly and takes them up in the air and turns them loose. And if a crow tried to get up there, every feather would fall out of him. He's not pressurized to it, see? He couldn't stand the pressure. But the eagle is the only bird that's born with that kind of a feather. That can go so high till a hawk couldn't even come around him. And he's got eyes. And the higher you go, the further you can see. And what good would it do him to get up there if he didn't have eyes to see way away? He couldn't see back where he come from. And that's the way with the Christian. Some of the people maybe got a buzzard disposition, eating the things of the world and the vulture, try to fly up there with the eagle while he blows up. There's too much pressure. You got to be made for it. You see, you're anointed to handle the pressure of the end time. That's why that the last day anointing is the anointing of the eagle. Because when others can only go so high and they can't see very far. And so all they can see is there's a, a Trinitarian baptism. But you get to go up a little bit higher than that. You see there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. They only go a little bit and they say, well, uh, this is as high as I can go. I see that Eve ate an apple. No, you go up a little bit higher than that and you see the truth of the whole thing. Because the Lord has anointed you under an eagle and anointing. Now, he wouldn't allow you to rise into those heights and to see those things. Things if he hadn't made you to handle the pressure you're going to deal with when you get up there. He's not going to allow you to fly up into those heights and see all those glorious things and then explode because you can't deal with the pressure. He's made you for this moment. He's anointed you for this moment. You can deal with it. Amen. What I really want you to see tonight is you have nothing to fear. Every single thing in the arsenal of God is at your disposal tonight. You see... And we're not going to get into this much, but every single demon released from the river Euphrates. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord's going to raise up a standard. So he releases the things that need to be released in this age for you to combat every single enemy that's been released into this age. There's nothing that you're going to face that you go, there's nothing in here for me on that, Lord. I, I don't see it here. Every single thing you need is here, and you're anointed to be able to see it where others can't see it because they're not under the same anointing. So don't allow Satan to distract you with fear of the age because it is an evil age. It is a hard time. But what he tries to do is he tries to get your focus on the negative of the age. And it's a term that's been coined in our day, fake news. I think it's all fake news. 
every, every single thing because it's not real. Brother Branham told us that where we're going is more real than what's here. This is fake. This is not our reality. And as far as I'm concerned, it's all fake. And it, it doesn't concern me because the age and the evil is not part of my diet. It, it's not part of my purpose. Sure, the scriptures refer to current events in 2 Timothy and the other place in the New Testament as a marker of time. It refers to them so that you can see it and place where you're at. Not so you can sit there and get caught up in it and focus on the evil and focus on the bad and focus on those things. Because what happens is if you allow yourself to focus on that, that becomes the anointing that takes your life. When you watch all that news and you watch all the horrible tragedies and fear begins to creep in a little bit. And a little bit of anxiety creeps in. Then you hear of another school shooting and you go, how are my kids ever going to survive this age? And, how, and suddenly you begin to worry about the evil and worry about this. But you weren't called to be anointed with fear. You weren't called to be anointed by anxiety. You were anointed by the word of God. So if we spend as much time feeding on what's going to anoint us to take a rapture as we do feeding on things that actually bring fear and hinder our faith, we would be much stronger Christians. You have the wings to fly, but sometimes they're held down by the fear, by the anxiety on the things that you allowed to enter into your life. Put those things aside. Quit looking at those things and begin to put your eyes on your anointing on the word of God and you'll raise into new heights that you've never experienced before. It becomes an anointing and it's not the anointing that you've been given to overcome by. Listen, the things in this world, the evil and the distractions, that's what they are. What they are to give you a type from the Bible is they are the waves that caused Peter to take his eyes off of Jesus for a minute. They're the waves. So what I'm telling you is if you keep your eyes on Jesus, if you keep your eyes on the one that's here to anoint you, you'll walk right over the top of the very things that have been sent trying to destroy you. They're the very things that will carry you to the master. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes off the waves. It, it, the, the Holy Spirit is here today. The pillar of fire is here, even amongst us in this service, to anoint us for a special purpose. Brother Bram says, Then there will come a message... Oh, hallelujah. We know that that same pillar of fire that led Israel, we know that the same ministry that accompanied Jesus Christ by that pillar of fire that had him anointing is accompanying the church today. The same pillar of fire that led Israel, the same pillar of fire, he says, that anointed Jesus, the same pillar of fire that we see on the back wall there, the same pillar of fire that Brother Brandon would see, I, say, I see it moving over this one and moving over this one. He says it's with the church today. Oh, church, what could happen in this building tonight if we'd get our eyes off of the circumstances, if we'd get our eyes off the evil and recognize that the very thing that's anointing us, the very pillar of fire that gives us the power we need is hovering just a foot or two over our heads as we speak. Where would your faith go? What would you do if you'd recognize those aren't just words? That's a promise of God. He said, I will be with you, even in you, until the end of the world. Those aren't just words on a page. He's here right now. He's moving back and forth across this congregation right now, trying to get you to realize I'm anointed for this thing that's tormenting me. I'm anointed to cut its head off. I'm anointed to be victorious. And he's here right now to give you that victory if you'll recognize his presence and walk into it. We're anointed by the word of God. We're anointed by the pillar of fire. He says, oh, brother, give me a church full of the Holy Ghost. God will do in one year what all the theology failed to do in 2,000 years. You wait till the anointing of the church really strikes home to that faithful little remnant. After the doors of Gentiles is closed, oh, God will anoint a church then. He who's filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who's righteous, let him be righteous still. He who's holy, let him be holy still. And God will anoint the church with the power of God, and things will be taking place. 
Oh, Brother Aaron, that sounds like that's in the future. Well, let's read the next sentence. Not then. He's doing it right now. Let's quit putting things off in the future. I believe that mighty things are going to happen for us in the future. I believe that. But right now, right this moment, the things I'm facing right where the rubber meets the road is I need the anointing of the pillar of fire on my life now. I have things that need to be dealt with, overcome, conquered now. And by his grace, I'm going to do it because I'm going to trust in what he's given me to conquer the enemy with. He's given me every word. He's given me a finishing message with the ability to finish the enemy once and for all. You need to recognize right now that the anointing of God, you need to recognize this. The very pillar of fire is anointing my life. And then, and then look back. It's okay to look back in the word and see what he did and recognize if the pillar of fire is here, what am I capable of? What did men of God do when anointed by the pillar of fire? The same works that I do shall you do also. The pillar of fire has never anointed anyone for defeat. He has given me the power over unclean spirits. He has given me the power to tread over serpents and, 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 and scorpions and nothing by any means shall harm me. There's not one thing that can stand between me and the change of my body or the finish line because I've been anointed to go all the way there. Listen, tonight, I would quit listening to the lie of the devil whispering in your ear. And it's time that we turn it around and we be the anointed ones that begin to speak to him. Let him know, devil, listen, it's not a very smart idea to stand on the tracks when the train's coming through. But if you just insist on getting run over, chewed up, cut up, and spit out, you just stay right where you're at. Because the train is in the blocks. The train's in the blocks. He said, throw down your whirly bags of peanuts. Get on the train because it's getting ready to leave. Now, if the devil just insists on standing on the tracks, okay, I'm sorry because we're coming through and I'm going to run you over. And you can sit there and talk all you want. Be a fool and stand there and tell the locomotive, I'm going to get you. No, you're not. You're about to get squished like the little ant you are. You're about to get trucked by a woman, the bride of Jesus Christ, anointed to go to the end of the line, anointed to finish the job. He can't stop you. He can't stand before you he's nothing and we're on a train bound for glory tonight i tell him to, i'm gonna give him one more chance you better get off the tracks the train's about to come through notice i'm gonna get ahead of myself a little bit here but look for just a second revelation 10 7 but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he had declared to his servants the prophet. This message that has anointed you is a finishing message. You're under the anointing to finish all things. The very message that called your name, the very message that placed you here, that lets you know who you are, where you're going, where you've been. It is, an, it is a finishing message with an anointing to finish the job. It's not a message somewhere in the middle of, of, of the Philadelphian church age. Okay, or the Sardis church age. It's not, a, it's not that. It's the, the Laodicean message. The last message. It's a finishing message. It's placed you here in this last day. And that means it gives you the power. Now listen, it's a finishing message. So it gives you the power over any devil, any spirit, or any hindrance anywhere between where you stand right now and the finish line. 
Because this message isn't just for today. It's for today all the way to the finish line. So anything between here and there, whatever I'm going to face Thursday, I'm anointed to defeat it. Whatever I'm going to face Friday, I've already been anointed to defeat it. Whatever I'm going to face Saturday, I'm anointed to defeat it. All the way to the finish line. There's nothing that can stand between you and the finish because that's what you've been called to do. You're already, you're going to finish. Listen, Paul had this revelation when he was told that you're going to preach in Rome. If some of you could get that revelation tonight, he knew he was going to be preaching in Rome because the word told him that he was. The Lord told him, you're going to stand in Rome and, and, and testify and preach. So the shipwreck didn't phase him none. The serpent biting him on the hand didn't phase him none. None of that phased him because he had faith in the anointing or the word that told him where he was going to go it. So when that serpent bit him, he didn't go, oh no, I've been bit by a serpent. Somebody lay hands on me. Somebody pray for me, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to do it. He said, no, wait, I'm going to Rome. Get off me. The word told me I'm going to live in eternity. The word told me I'm going to take a rapture. He told me he gave me power over every unclean spirit, over every serpent. I can tread on serpents, snakes, and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means harm me. So if my eyes are on that, when the devil bites me, I can say, get off me, devil. You can't hinder me. You can't stop me because my eyes are on the finish. I know where I'm going. I've already been told I'm going to be there. I've been seen in the vision ascending. So why am I worried about Thursday? What's Thursday to me? What's Tuesday to me? It's just a step on the King's Highway. I know where it's leading me. It's leading me to glory. And I'm going to be there. And you're going to be there. Because you're going to finish. Amen. Devil tells you you can't make it. I might not could have. But the Lord sent me a special anointing to make sure that I do. Amen. There's no reward for going most of the way. Billy Sunday. I like I like some of his quotes. Billy Sunday said, "Stopping at third adds no more to the score than striking out." You can hit all the triples you want. You got zero. Stopping at third adds no more to the score than striking out. He says it doesn't matter how well you start if you fail to finish. Paul said, I finished. Henceforth, a crown will be given to me. In other words, because I finished, I'm going to get a crown. He didn't say because I ran. Because I finished, henceforth, a crown awaits me. So we must finish, and we we know we've established that we're at the end time. And we've rounded the last curve, as it were. The last curve in, in, in this relay. And, and we're on the final straightaway. And believe it or not, this is the time that it's most dangerous for people to lose their focus. You say, so close to the end. I mean, we're right there. We're right there. Surely this is when people are going to bear down. This is when people are going to press forward. No, this is the time where people get lax. This is the time where people go, man, I've made it. We're there. No, we're not there. We're on our way, and we're going to make it, but you're not there. There's still a portion of this race to run. And this is the, the most dangerous time where people are most likely to lose their focus because our natural human tendency is often, it often compromises our level of excellency as time goes by. The further we do, the longer we do something, and it becomes common to us, and you become more comfortable with it, 
Okay, well, you do something over and over and over again. Maybe you work with big saws or maybe you work with electricity and you get to where it's so common. You just do things without thinking. This is what I do. This is what I do. And you get a little bit lax because you get good at what you do and you're comfortable in what you do. And then this is easy. It's what I do every day. And those are the moments where accidents happen. Those are the moments where we slip up when we begin to become too comfortable in Laodicea because I've been dealing with Laodicea for years. Those spirits don't hinder me. I've been overcoming those things. I'm good. This, this movie's okay. I'm strong. Why are you watching it? No, I don't, yeah, I mean. You become comfortable with everything that's around you. Our calling actually becomes common to us. I'm called to be the bride. Glory to God. Are you? Because it excites me a little bit more than that. The anointing that's on me gives me a little bit more excitement than what it's given you. Now, I know we're all different, but I'm just saying, don't let it become common to you. As we, as we start to take things for granted, special services, oh, the Lord really moved. Well, we're going to show up on Sunday and the Lord's going to move. Well, have, you, have you prepared for that service? Have you got your heart ready for that service? Let's not take things for granted. Research has shown that on heavy industry projects and military campaigns, there is an increase in accidents and incidents towards the end. This is put down to human factors such as a loss of focus, a loss of leadership, and a compromised approach. As distractions and sometimes disillusionment begin to creep in. See, listen, this is no time to allow ourselves to be distracted. This is absolutely no time for us to lose focus. This is a time more than ever for you to be feeding on the word of God. It's a time more than ever to t- take special moments in prayer with the Lord and, and to get down and seek his leadership and seek his will and seek his anointing and seek everything that he has for you because it is the closing of time. Because we have been running this race for so long and because we do, we know the ropes and we know how to fight. Don't get comfortable in that, but seek God, Lord, what's your will for me today? What's the anointing you have for me today? What power do I need to overcome today? Lord, what word do you have to lift me up today? Each and every day and focusing on what our our goal is seek his power seek his anointing and we've heard it before and we've heard it preached and i've preached it how important it is to realize who you are but equally as important is to recognize where you are where are you at in the race what is your part brother tim preached that series a, a while back on the roadmap, and this message came and it told us we're at the end it placed you exactly where you're at you have to recognize being at the end certain positions come with greater responsibility There's greater responsibility on you than the age before you. There's a greater responsibility on you because we have to finish. See, our focus must be on what the word says about us, and we must quit looking at our shortfalls. Because as I said earlier, none of us without this anointing would finish. None of us without the power and grace of God would be able to run this race. But see, he isn't looking at what you can do. He's looking at what he can do through you with his anointing. Because without him, we're nothing. But with his anointing, we are an invincible army. With his anointing, nothing can stand before you. With his anointing in the word on your lips, Brother Branham said, when you speak, it's the same as deity speaking. And I love the last part of that quote. He says, Satan cannot stand before that man. It's the anointing of the word that gives you that power. It's not you. So we got to quit looking at ourselves and saying, well, I can't do this and I can't do that because they're just excuses. And we're saying... Lord, why me? Why'd you choose me? I'm not capable. And Lord, how can I do this? And he points you right back to the word. And then he says, have I not commanded thee? Yeah. 
Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. He says again in Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. See, God's not expecting you to do this on, on your own. He says, I will, I will, I will, because I am God. I will, I will, I will, because I am God. And I can turn around and look at that and go, yes, Satan, I will, I will, I will, because I'm anointed by God. I will, I will, I will, because I'm called and chosen for this moment. I will overcome you because he's the one leading me, because he's the one doing it, because he's the one holding me with his right hand of righteousness. See, God isn't expecting us to, to do this on our own. He, like I said, he didn't dump us here in the last age and say, good luck. But he's provided each and everything we need for each step of the journey. The anointing you need for each and every day. And, and many times a problem we make, a mistake we make, is we think of the anointing as something on ministers. Well, oh, the minister was anointed. Well, even in a service, to bring it down to a service level, it's just as important that you be anointed. It's just as important. I, I could be under the anointing, and Brother Joe can be under the anointing and preach as hard as we want. And if there's no anointed ears to hear, we might as well be preaching to the pews. It's just as important that you be anointed as it is that we be anointed. But sometimes we think it's the ministers that are anointed or singers are anointing and, and that the anointing is for church times. See, and yes, those are those certain anointings that we need for church. We need the minister anointed. We need our ears anointed. We want our singers anointed. We want those things to happen. But, but what we have to recognize is that the believer lives under the anointing. The believer lives under the anointing for the age, for what's been given them for each and every day. They, 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 they're led of God. They're strengthened of God. They overcome daily by God. And they live under the Holy Spirit anointing for the age. And see, and knowing, knowing that you're anointed actually gives you the strength to stand. Knowing that your anointing allows you to, to, to have the faith in the middle of the battle, and it's actually a principle of divine healing and deliverance. The anointing that is on your life is actually a principle of divine healing and deliverance because the word of God tells the enemy to touch not mine anointed. So the very fact of knowing, Lord, I'm your anointed, I've been anointing this age, gives you the right to look the devil in the eyes as the word of God says, you have no right to touch me. The word of God says to take your hands off the anointed. That's not talking about a minister. That's talking about you. That's talking about God's chosen people. He says, touch not my anointing. So when the devil comes and he tries to touch your little children or he tries to stir up your home or he tries to bring affliction in your life, you can stand knowing I'm I'm anointed for the age. I'm anointed for the moment. I'm anointed by the pillar of fire. You can look the enemy in the eyes and say, you have no rights here because you can't touch the anointed of the Lord. And you can stand on that. That's for you. That's not just for me or a song leader or music. That's for you tonight. Take that home with you and say, I'm anointed. The devil has no right to my home. This home is anointed. This home has the token applied. The Holy Spirit dwells here. And Satan, you have no rights. Brother Branham would say, and may we buckle up the armor of God just a little tighter tonight. Go forward in battle tomorrow where right and wrong is engaged. 
May we not fear as we go, but know that the morning star is shining over us. And if God be for us, who shall be against us? Who shall touch the anointed of the Lord? May that be the consolation of every believer. Who shall touch the anointed of the Lord? May that be the consolation of every believer. Granite Lord. Who here is a believer? You're anointed. You are anointed for today. You're anointed for tomorrow. You're going to be anointed all the way till you break down the doors of glory and cross the finish line. You are anointed and the devil has no rights in your life at all. He is told to touch not my anointing. It's, it's time for some to say, get back, devil. Get back because the word of God says you can't touch me. You can't cross the bloodline. I've been anointed by the Holy Spirit and you have no rights to me. It's important that we recognize our anointing to recognize what we've been called for because it gives you courage in the midst of the battle. There's nothing like being in the middle of a battle, neck deep, fighting devils and wondering if I'm in the will of God. It's not a good place to be. Because you begin to doubt, you begin to wonder, you begin to look back, Lord, what did I do wrong? Am I even supposed to be here? But if you're standing in the will of God, where you know he's placed you, where you know he's placed you, then you don't worry about the trial because, you know, if this is where God placed me, he intended me to go through this. And if he intended me to go through this, he has given me the grace and the anointing I need to go through what I'm about to face. And if he anoints me with the pillar of fire, he has never anointed anyone for defeat. He has never anointed anyone for defeat. The only ones anointed for defeat are the Goliaths you're going to face, the enemy you're going to face. They will be finished. They will come to an end the same as you, but it's a different end. It's a different finish. When you know that you know that you know I'm in the will of God, you can stand and face anything in confidence. But don't be wandering off on your own, out from behind the word, doing this, doing that. Because when you get caught there in the middle of a battle, you can't rely on that anointing because you're not where you're supposed to be. Because the anointing has to be there for you to step into. But if you're in a place you're not supposed to be, that anointing is not going to be there for you. Make sure you stay prayed up, searching the will of God as we're on this home stretch. Don't waver here or waver there. We're coming around the final curve. Look here. Brother Branham says, he's talking about Moses. He said, you know you have need of it. You know if you're going to take these children over to that promised land. That's exactly. You're pinned up here in a corner. There ain't nothing else you can do. So there's a need. What are you crying to me about? What are you looking at me for? This is the Lord speaking to Moses. What are you crying to me about? What, what, what are you even, what, why are you saying these things to me? He says. What are you looking at me for? What are you calling on me about? Haven't I proved it to the people? Haven't I proved it to you? Haven't I called it? Isn't it scriptural? Didn't I promise to take this people to the land? Didn't I call you and tell you I would do it? Didn't I call and say I had sent you to do it? That it wasn't you, it was me. And I'd go down and I'd be with your lips. And whatever you said, I'd vindicate it and proven it. Haven't I done it? Even like Tabernacle, hasn't he done it for us? He said he would heal our sick. Hasn't he done it? 
He said he would save the lost. Hasn't he done it? He said he would fill with the Holy Ghost. Hasn't he done it? Hasn't he proved enough that we can look at the word, we can take him at his word, we can trust it. And when we get in a little pinch, we don't have to start crying and begging and blabbering, but we can stand under the anointing that's been given for this age and we can speak exactly what we have need of. We can speak to the enemy. We can speak to our God and say, I have need of this. This is how I need you to move. The enemy has afflicted me. It's afflicted my home and I'm not going to stand for it. Hasn't he proved himself enough that we can trust him? I believe he has. I believe he's proven himself time and time and time and time again. And I don't believe now in the end of Laodicea and the closing of time that he's going to start failing. I don't believe he's going to do it at all. As a matter of fact, I don't believe he's going to let his people fail. So stand on the track record. Look at what he's done down through the ages. Look what he's done in this church alone. And I say, hasn't he proved himself? Can't you take what he told you to do and go do it? Can't you finish the job? Can't you stand when the pressure is great? He's never failed us. He's not going to start now. Well, you say, well, I'm waiting for God to speak directly to me. I said that one time. He said, well, I'm waiting for him to give me a vision or say, thus saith the Lord. Well, okay, here you go. Brother Branham says he was anointed for the job and he was still waiting for thus saith the Lord. God just got enough of it. He said, don't cry anymore. Speak. I sent you. Oh, God, what this church ought to be this morning. With God's perfect vindication, with the pillar of fire and the signs and wonders, everything just like it was in the days of Sodom, he said it would return back. He said, God got tired of it. Listen, he sent us for a job. He sent us to finish the very entire plan of God. He expects you to step into that anointing. He expects you to do what you know you've been called to do. He said, you're not going to have spot or wrinkle. He expects you to believe that. He said that he gave you power over all unclean spirits. He expects you to believe that. Hasn't he proved it? Hasn't he proved it time and time again? He said that the works that I do, you shall do also. He expects you to believe that. There's an expectation from God that I've done so much. Haven't I done enough to where you can begin to stand and say, Satan, you have no rights here. You unclean spirit, let go of my child. You unclean spirit, get out of my house. He expects you to be able to stand and take the word because he's done enough to prove he will back up. His word. And listen, you're anointed to finish, but we still got work to do. We haven't finished yet, but we know exactly what our job is. And and, and when we finish, Satan's going to be finished. When we finish, Satan's going to be finished. Listen, Joshua was anointed to take the land for, for God and for his people. The day was short. He needed more time for the job that he was anointed and commissioned to do. Joshua, a man, he was anointed. God told him, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. He needed more light. The sun was going down. He didn't fall on his knees and say, Lord, what shall I do? What shall I do? He spoke. He had a need. He said, son, stand still. He didn't cry to nothing. He commanded, son, stand still. I've got need of this. I'm the servant of the Lord anointed for this job, and I got a need. Stand still, and don't you shine. And moon, you hang where you're at. 
Samson, anointed, raised up, ordained of God, given a gift of power, ordained on the earth, anointed of God to destroy the Philistines. He knowed he had a need. He found nothing but an old jawbone of a mule, and he beat down a thousand Philistines. Amen. He never cried. He used his anointed gift. It's time that we start using the anointing God's given us. It don't matter if you're walking and it seems like there's nothing around for you to fight with. You look around and, oh, no, I'm surrounded. It doesn't matter that you're surrounded. Look around and see what, oh, that, oh, a sword. That's not just any sword. That's the king's sword. It was given for you to fight. It doesn't matter if you're surrounded. You've been anointed for a job. Hold up the king's sword and begin to swing it and begin to cut the head off of the enemy. Samson didn't care how many there were. He didn't care that his weapon was a jawbone. He knew he was anointed to kill Philistines and he said, huh, only a thousand? Too bad there ain't more. And I say I don't care if you're surrounded, that just means more devils have to die. It don't matter if there's five hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred. Oh well, I'm anointed to finish. You're between me and the finish line. You are about to die, old boy. And when you get that mentality, nothing can stand before you. Nothing. You're anointed for the job. You're anointed for the work. Brother Branham says, there's nothing can harm you, not one thing. Oh, if we could get that revelation tonight. Not one thing. I think the devil ought to know tonight he's dealing with an anointed people. We have no fear anointing our life, but we're anointed in faith. We're anointed by the pillar of fire, and we're going to finish the job because we're anointed to finish. And we have absolute faith in our weapon. Absolute faith. In the weapon that we have. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. He sent his word and he healed thee. I give you power to tread over every unclean spirit. To, 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 to walk on scorpions and nothing shall by any means harm you. I have faith in that tonight. And with faith in that weapon I can march forward under my anointing. Knowing that nothing can harm me. some of this see it's so important to recognize that you're anointed like I said earlier when you're, when you're anointed when you know you're anointed then in the middle of the battle you can have confidence in God in the middle of the battle you, you know where you stand David when he went out to face Goliath he didn't realize he was a giant killer. But in that moment, he knew where God had led him. He knew he was standing on a promise of God. He knew what he was anointed to do. And because of that, he could go out with confidence. And say, he didn't tell his brothers, Now, brothers, if I never see you again, I love y'all. I mean, y'all kind of mean to me from time to time. But I want you to know I forgive you. And I, there was none of that. Because he went out in absolute confidence. Even though he didn't know he was a giant killer. He could walk out in confidence. Even though Paul knew that snake that bit him was venomous, he could shake it off in the fire because he knew what he was anointed to do. And see, you may not even be aware of it tonight, but you're anointed for every single enemy that you're going to face. You're, you're a finisher, and what that means is you are going to finish every single spirit, every single sickness, every single hindrance that comes upon you. Listen, um, S Sister Marilyn, you didn't know you were a cancer defeater until you had to face it. Sister Alana, you didn't know you were a cancer defeater until you had to face it. Sister Sharon Baxter, you didn't know you were a cancer defeater until you had to face it. Brother Mickey, you didn't know you were a cancer defeater until you had to face it. But when it came face to face with you, there was a grace from Almighty God 
There was an anointing that came upon your life to stand strong regardless of the pain, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of if anybody knew exactly what you were going through. You had a grace and an anointing for that moment, an anointing to finish the job, regardless of if you had bad days, if you had terrible days, regardless of if someday you was, was weary and you didn't know if you could take another step. Some days you just wanted to curl up and cry and you didn't know how you were going to go, but an anointing would drop down and something would raise up within you and say, I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm not going to quit. I've been given the strength. I've been given the grace and I've been given a healing anointing to overcome this thing. But you didn't know that was there until you came face to face with it. And, and, and you don't know what you're capable of until you're thrown into the fire, until the battle's raging all around you. But when you face these things, God will see you through. When you face fear, cut its head off. When you face anxiety, cast it down. When you face depression, walk in the joy of the Lord. It doesn't matter the enemies that's coming. God has provided. You have to lay aside every weight tonight. We have to run. We can't be caught up in the circumstances and this has me down, this has me down. Take the anointing that God's given you now and run towards the finish line with all, your, with all you've got. You say, Brother Aaron, I've been fighting a long time. I've been fighting a long time. I've been fighting the good fight of faith and I just need a minute. You know, we all get worn down. That's the truth. We all get worn down. We get tired. You say, I, I need a minute. I, I need to stop for just a minute and catch my breath. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. I've been fighting this fight for so many years, but there's been so many battles. I've been wounded so many times. I just got to stop for a minute. Just right here. I'm just worn down. But listen, you can't stop. You can't stop for just a minute. You must not stop. You must not stop for even a moment, no matter how tired you feel, no matter how worn down you feel, because I've said it already, you're not the only ones running. The hounds of hell are on the same track you're on, and they're coming with all their worth. They're coming after you with all their worth. They're coming full speed, and they're not going to catch you unless you stop, unless you stop for just a minute. and go, I just need a minute. I, I just need to rest. You know, but, you know, I'm going to say this again. I know I've mentioned a lot of these things. But people who play sports, they, they understand, or, or people who run specifically, they understand the phenomenon called a second wind. And what a second wind is, it's a phenomenon in distance running, such as marathons and road running, as well as other sports, whereby an athlete who is completely out of breath, who feels like they can't take another step, they're too tired to continue, suddenly find the strength to press on at top performance for a longer period of time than they did the first time. Oh, hallelujah. There's one filling. Oh, but there's many refillings. There's one filling, but there's many refillings. You said, I've been running. I've been running. I was filled with the Spirit, and I've been running, and they're chasing me, and I'm tired, and I'm just, I, I just want to stop for just a minute. I say, let the second win. Let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to sweep across this place. A special anointing come down in your life for those of you that are weary, those of you that are tired, those of you that feel like I can't take another step. There's a second win coming for you. There's a second win that's going to sweep across. It's another anointing, another refilling that'll give you the ability to take another step, to run another mile, not just another mile, however many more miles there are to the finish line, that wind's going to sweep down across there and fill you once again. It's going to pour it out again and give you the strength to go at top performance for longer than you were the first time. 
Amen. It's a refilling. It's a charging. It's a special anointing. It's an anointing to finish the race. When you feel like you can't take another step, just let that wind move down upon your heart tonight. You know, the devil begins closing in from every side. He sees you. You begin to stop. You begin to slow down. He says, oh, I got her. I got her. Get him. Get her, boys. You're running. You're tired, brother. You're worn out. He says, he's slowing down. I knew he would. I knew he didn't have what it took to finish. I knew he would stop, and you're in the middle of a battle, and you even thought about quitting. You even thought about it, and you kind of were barely moving. You hadn't quit. You're barely moving. Satan goes, I got him, and they're moving in from every side when all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven. Like a Russian mighty wind. It's not a second wind. It's the wind. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit. And Satan said, I've heard that before. I've heard that sound before. Clear out, boys. Get out the way. I know what's coming and you don't want no part of that. And suddenly, those hands that were hanging down, those feet that couldn't take another step, you're running to the finish. You're running. You've been anointed with the wind of the Holy Ghost. He can't stop you. You can't quit. He won't let you quit. There's something within you that's going to push you and drive you all the way to the finish line. It's a special anointing. You've been anointed to finish. He can't stop this bride. There's nothing he can do to stop this bride. You can't quit. You can't stop. You've been anointed. You've been called. You're anointed to finish. Listen, many have started. On that day, there won't be one person remembered for how well they started. But every person will be judged on how they finished. Every single one of us. Listen, it's going to get harder. Even from this day forward, it's going to get harder. The closer you get to the finish line, it's going to get harder. It always does when you're at the end. You might as well prepare for a flurry of attacks. You might as well prepare because Satan knows it's his last battle. He's throwing everything he's got at you. Every spirit, every demon is trained on the bride of Jesus Christ. And he's coming after us. And it's going to get more and more difficult. But we've reached the end of time. The end of the race, as it were. On the last lap, the hardest lap. But it's the most exciting lap. It's the most exciting. It's the most wonderful time to live. Listen, on the last lap, the best runners are on the track. The very best. God's best, Satan's best. They're on the track, and one team's runners are going against the other team's runners. I bet you didn't know you were the best, did you? You're the best runners he's got. You're the very best runners God has. And he's anointed you for the moment. You say, I'm the best. There's a reason you're running the anchor leg. There's a reason that the baton is in your hands. And there's nobody else for you to hand it off to. The cloud of witnesses is gathered. Church, the grandstands are full. And the finishing message is in your hand. You know, you can actually find in the scriptures where you took the handoff over in Revelation 10. You came and took the little book. And it's in your hand now. And you have to run. And now you're running. The final voice. 
on the final lap. My, you've, you've run a good race. You've run strong. The other runners have been trying all they can to catch you. Every time you seemed weak, something just came over you, gave you strength to keep the lead, to keep pushing. Special anointing gave you strength to press on. Like, there you are. They've seen you coming around the curve. The grandstand rises to their feet. Can you imagine? Here you come. Who? Me? Yeah, you. The grandstands are full, and they, they see you come around the curve. You're headed for the finish line. They're all on their feet, and not one of them is worried. Not one of them. Paul isn't worried. Peter's not worried. Irene isn't worried. Brother Brown's not worried. None of the ones that have gone on before us. Brother Jerry, he's not worried. Brother Daniel's not worried. I can see them smiling. Here you come. They're all standing. The anticipation's overwhelming. It's an incredible sight in my mind. If you could see what, the way I see it, it's incredible. They're all on their feet, and they're not worried because they know you've been anointed. The same anointing that allowed them to finish, the same Holy Spirit's poured out a special anointing that's going to cause you to finish. They're not worried. But as we get closer, I can hear their cheers. Run. Press the battle. Push on. The voice called out to Brother Brown from beyond the curtain of time. Press the battle. I can hear him yelling. Press on. You can do it. Press the battle. Run. Run. Cast down fear. They see a victory. Hallelujah. Defeat cancer. Kill depression. Run. Come on, run. Run with all you've got. You're in full stride now. You're not letting the finish line come to you. You're at full stride heading towards it. The sound of the grandstands fades away. You've caught a second wind. You're pulling away. I don't see the grandstands anymore. I don't hear them anymore. I just see Jesus at the finish line with his arms open. They come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. You are anointed to finish. And the whole host of heaven is cheering for you. They're waiting for you. They are depending on you tonight. Let's bow our heads. We've arrived in the closing moments of time. Pressure is at an all-time high. Not everyone's able to close this out. But there's a special group of people that have been given a message that has produced a faith in them, a revelation of what they're called to do. It allows them to attack this age with fearlessness, to overcome this age in a way that nobody else can do it. Look, not everyone's a closer, even like Tabernacle. Not everyone can close out the age of Laodicea in victory. But you can. You're a closer. You've been anointed to finish the job. As we go before him tonight, how many would say, Lord, I need that second win. I need that anointing. I need that refilling of the Holy Spirit to just come down in my life. Lord, I'm running a good race. I'm running with all I've got. I know I've been anointed, but Lord, sometimes it seems like I can hear those hounds of hell.
hearing them is all you're ever going to have to do because he hath anointed you to finish the race. You will be victorious. You've been seen ascending in a rapture. And he said, to him that overcometh. That's you. That's your place. The victor circle. The marriage supper of the Lamb. To the victor go the spoils. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for your special anointing, Lord, that you bring, Lord, in services, Lord, in songs. Lord, in every situation you provide, Lord God, of your spirit exactly what we have need of. Lord God, I thank you that in this last day, Lord, you haven't left us alone. Lord God, but you've given us exactly what we need to overcome everything. And Lord God, I, I stress everything because Satan has thrown all his powers, all his demons, all of our adversaries have been gathered into this one age. And they're all attacking the bride of Jesus Christ. But in the midst of all that, I will not fear. Because in the midst, in the, in the middle of my enemies, thou hast prepared for me a banquet. Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can be at peace. I thank you that we can be at rest. I thank you for the special anointing. Lord God, for each person here tonight that has need, Lord God, of a refilling, of, an, of a re-energizing, Lord God, of a special anointing poured out on their life or something they're going through. Lord, I just pray you'd pour it out on them right now. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you, Lord God, for, for being with us tonight. Lord, I felt your presence so strong, Lord, your anointing upon me. And I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for victory. Lord God, I thank you that we can stand in confidence because you have never failed, and your bride will not fall. We're predestinated to not fall. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. It's already done.